all right, it's time to grow up. Not like seriously, it's time to grow up and, you know, become an actual adult now instead of being a kid. So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about what it looks like to grow up in the things of God and develop spiritual maturity. We're going to kind of give our attempt to bring a definition to that, especially for my friends who aren't well-versed in Christianese. And I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to Gracefully Growing Together. We are your hosts, Christian and Samantha, and we are so excited to have you with us while we journey through this thing we call marriage. We are a Christ-centered relationship podcast. We have seen some things, heard some things, and are still growing through some things. So kick back, grab your favorite cup of coffee, and join us for some real talk while we gracefully grow together. Hey, Sam. What? Do you want to know what the cool thing is about growing old? What's up? Even with the aches and pains and all of the things that come along with it, it doesn't last long. So anyways, guys, welcome to today's episode. Sam and I are excited to have you guys on. Hopefully you have your coffee mugs. And today we are going to talk about spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, so I will... I'm that dude who says an immature joke to start <laughs> off with... An episode on maturity. No, but um, let's get going on it on this because we do have a lot that I want to cover. So you're talking like a teacher. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Anyways, um, spiritual maturity. We hear that a lot as Christians. If you are a new Christian or you have no idea really about Christianity, but you're just listening anyways, you tend to hear this phrase quite a bit. You need to grow up spiritually. You need to become spiritually mature. You need to. Yeah, you hear that a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And you hear about 30 or 40 different definitions from 30 or 40 different people, all kind of saying the same thing because it's kind of hard to give a exact or an exact definition to this right. concept. Uh, but for the sake of the show, I've written our kind of like agreed upon, it's not necessarily a definition, but more of what it looks like, mm-hmm. like an example of it. So we have on here to be transformed to by looking and acting more like Jesus from going from glory to glory. Um, but if you are spiritually maturing, you are starting to live a Christ-like life where you are walking with Christ. You are demonstrating the fruit of the Spirit in your life. You are... You know, you literally, your life is being transformed as if Jesus was living through you and in you. So is this something that we should expect to happen immediately after we become saved? Uh, yes. <laughs> if you don't have, I'm like, no. I was like, yes, if, you, if you're not living Christ-like, you're not saved. Well, because we've had okay. conversations with people before and, you know, I hear that I'm still, you know, I'm still doing some of the same things or I'm not you know where I I don't I'm not where I want to be and I'm really frustrated by that and then like this this lie from the enemy that they're not really saved then or they're not really a Christian then because they're they're not immediately like Jesus in a moment you know yeah no I don't think it's one of those things right 
because I mean the scripture says to walk out your own salvation mm-hmm. with fear and trembling. I mean there's a there's a there's a walk. It's not an instantaneous um, like salvation. Like you are saved, yes, um, but the sanctification and consecration process does take time. Right. Meaning, uh, those are just fancy ways of saying the part where Jesus is making you holy and separating you for his use and purposes, some, that does take time to clean you up. I mean, mm-hmm. think of, you talk about, like, I got saved. Like, really, when I say saved, I mean, at 18 is when I really gave my life to Christ. And um, kind of went to church every now and then as a kid, as a teenager, knew kind of more agnostic than anything, not really sure. I uh, just kind of wanted fire insurance, pretty much, yeah. where I just didn't want to go to hell. But at 18, when I knew God was real at that moment, I just gave my life to Christ. But that's 18 years of bad habits. Mm-hmm. That's 18 years of, a, of, you know, of sin. Yeah. And addictions and other, not like I was a drug addict or anything, but other things that I was addicted to. Um, just those things, they don't just fall off instantly. Sometimes they do. Yeah, some things. You know, like for me, and this isn't everyone's experience, so please don't take this and go, oh, well, this didn't happen for me. Um, when I got, when I became a Christian, alcohol and weed was like, that was easy to give up. I had no desire to drink again when I became a Christian. I had no desire to smoke weed again when I became a Christian. That doesn't happen for everyone. And then there were some other things that I dealt with that they didn't go away right away. Mm-hmm. Like I still had to deal with them years later. And so, but at the same time, I don't want this to be an excuse where... Right. You, you know, you say, well, yeah, I, I'm a Christian. Well, how long have you been a Christian? For 30 years. And you are still dealing with the same, like, and I'm not, I'm not talking about struggling. I mean, you were just, like, indulging in sin. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you, like, you, like, you have a mistress on the side. You are uh, still cussing people out when they cut you off in traffic. There has been no growth or maturing, meaning from the time you said yes to Jesus... To the 30 years later, you know, you look nothing closer or like him. Yeah, That's what I mean. I think it is important, though, to explain, to make sure that everyone understands, like, it is a process. Like you said, for some people, some things are going to be taken away instantly. And for other people, like, they're going to have a different walk. And it doesn't mean that they're not saved. I mean, the Bible says, you know, he who is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. And while that, I mean, that's true, right? Because that's, that's the word. But it's... 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, if you want to go read that. (laughs) But it's important to understand that, like, sometimes it is a process. And you have to remind yourself, no, I am a new creation. Yeah. Because... You have to remind yourself of what the word says so that you can walk in that way. Because if you believe that you're still the same being, you believe you're still going to have the same struggles forever, you're not going to be able to get through those things because you're going to be thinking the whole time, oh, this is just who I am. Without an understanding of. And what's funny is um, you find that out when you start to get stressed Mm -hmm. or stressors, right? Like I think of having children. Mm -hmm. I thought I had pretty good self-control. Yeah. And then I had kids. <laughs> and I found out I am more likely to yell to yell at you first, to yeah. yell at my children first, than to actually take the time and say, hey, what's going on? Like if I hear a kid screaming in the other room, my first reaction is to tell them to be quiet and yell at them. Mm-hmm. 
rather than getting my big butt up and walking over there and checking on them to make sure everything's okay. Now, it is it is now, what, been six years? Yeah. You've watched me? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> has that changed a bit? Mm-hmm. Like, has my relationship with our children, the way I handle yes. things? In fact, I was talking about, like, I was showing Sam a meme earlier, and it's like a, you know, when you're a firstborn, <laughs> and you just got... <laughs> You just got disciplined. We'll say it like that. You've been disciplined quite a bit as a firstborn. And you start getting mad because, you know, the younger kids don't get disciplined. Like, you're like, are you kidding me, mom? You're going to let you gonna let him talk to you like that? You're going to let the baby talk to you like that? Nah, you better go slap him. You would have slapped the, the mess out of me for that. I would have got spanked a long time ago. And, you know, you're, you kind of want that. But the reality is, is as a parent, you're not the same person. Each child you have, you're a different pers- version of yourself. Yeah. You know, you're a different parent. And um, one of the quotes that Sam has, Sam really enjoys is by a guy named Dan Moeller. Yeah. How does he say it? So he was talking about how, like, when you squeeze certain fruits, you get the juice of those fruits. Like, if you squeeze an orange, what it's going to make is orange juice. If you squeeze an apple, you're going to get apple juice from that. And he says, why is it that when we squeeze a Christian, we get anything but Christ? Mm. Like, we shouldn't get any, like, we are Christians. What what should come out of us is Christ when we are squeezed. So, like, when life hits us, like, how do you respond? Do you respond in your flesh or do you respond, you know, through the spirit do you respond in christ-like attitude or do you respond in your flesh in frustration yeah and so when we say flesh right because not everyone speaks christianese sorry no it's cool <laughs> it's it's actually we had another conversation about that earlier yeah uh, but when we talk about flesh we mean we, we you'll hear someone reference it like the old Ad- adamic or adam the nature of adam like the sinful nature yeah and it's just think of it like all of the your desire to be selfish, your desire to drink, party, do all of the all of the things that are sin. Um, that's usually what we attribute to the flesh. It's your sinful desires, the part of you that has been that you that we are claiming to be crucified to and denying that part of our lives, and so. For an example, is we have got the opportunity. Uh, joy, like when I say joyfully, joyful by faith, more like a sour patch type of joy, right? Where it's sour but then sweet later. Where we have had the opportunity to bless those who curse us. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about people who have said some horrible things to us. Um, where, if I was, if I was the old mean, the, the flesh says, "Come catch these hands." But the spirit. The Ruach, the Holy Spirit living in me, says now is the time to obey the scriptures. Now is the time to live the Bible out. And we're just going to bless that person or those people. We're going to choose to love them. In fact, let's go ahead and pray for them right now and speak a blessing over that. <laughs> over them. And Sam's laughing because she knows. Like she's yeah. seen she's seen me do it. Yeah, we've had we had a moment a couple years ago where something happened and it was um beyond words yeah someone said some things that were just absolutely it it was very cursing upon us and and on our family and I remember being so angry when I read the words that this person had typed 
and I shared it with Christian, and I was I was so mad. Y'all like her, like you know the cartoons, the <laughs> smokes coming out the ears. And I all. yeah. I had no word. Like I I don't think I've ever been that angry. <laughs> you might have you might have been instant. like Christian, you know, like the dumb you that I was married to for the first couple <laughs> years. I need you to go back to that I man. Know. But I was so angry, and I shared it with Christian, and his response was, "Wow." He's like, we need to pray. We need to pray for them. And I was like, what? I was so, I, I, again, I had no words. I was so mad. I was so angry. But that, in that moment, I was, I was not happy with his response, if I'm honest. Yeah. I wanted him to be angry with me. And I wanted him to, I don't know, I don't know what we could do, would have done in that moment. There was really nothing we could do. She but wanted I, me to be gangster, y'all. I wanted him to respond <laughs> in a different way. I didn't want him to respond in this godly way of we're gonna bless our enemies. <laughs> like, but he 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 told me to pray, and I looked at him and I said I can't. And he 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 began to pray. And I you know obviously looking back now, like I honor him so much for that being his response. But in that moment, I could not in myself respond that way. And it wasn't from within myself. It yeah. was from Christ in me, mm-hmm. right? And that, and that was beautiful. And I'll forever remember that because... Because I'm not going to let you forget. No, I'm joking. Um, well, I don't know many... If I'm honest, I don't know many people that would really truly respond the way you responded. And it was beautiful. And that moment helped me to, to realize that, you know, when I do... when I since then if if i have a moment of something with someone yeah and the moments happen yeah like, like i but i yeah. know like no i've seen someone respond in the way that christ tells us to like i've seen someone respond love your enemies bless those who you know and but christian really prayed over these people because he his heart was grieved for them that they would be yeah. at a place that they could curse someone the way that they did. Yeah, I mean, and it's as I love our one of my classes, uh, cultivating a heart for missions. Uh, Jen Bostic teaches it. She's actually in one of the previous episodes. I think episode two, three, three. Mm-hmm. Okay, but she says something that you really got to catch it, and she goes, "Don't be so, don't be spiritual, be biblical." Mm-hmm. And at first, when I heard it, I was like, "What do you mean? Like we're spiritual people?" But the reality is, though, is we get so caught up in just being, like, because if you think about it, like, oh, he's so spiritual, of course he isn't bothered by it. No, my first instinct was the same as any other man. You said something terrible, I'm going to bust you in the mouth. Mm -hmm. But the second thought, once I said, nope, that's not, that's not Bible. Yeah. Not, no, I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual, I will not respond in the flesh. It is, I went to the word. What does the Bible say? Yeah. And so we have to respond biblically in order, like, that's what it means to grow in maturity. It's to fill yourself up, like, and again, not like a definition, but like an example, is to fill yourself up with the word, right? Because Jesus even says, you know, if my word abides in you, then then you abide in me and I abide in you. Mm-hmm. If it, but like if you are not reading the Bible, then you don't abide in Christ. Yeah. If you don't know His Word, and you don't meditate on the Word of God, then Christ doesn't live in you. 
That's and I'm, ta- I'm this is biblical. That's not mm-hmm. a spiritual principle. This is a biblical principle. And what's happened is America as a nation, not excuse me, not America, but Western philosophy. We have we have separated spiritualism and in in the Bible. Yeah. And and it's a I'm not gonna I'm sorry I'm kind of going in deeper, but it's a Platonic way of thinking. It's Plato. It's dualism. It's it's all these things of like we're separating the spiritual realm from the materialistic realm. But in the in the reality is is that we the Bible and the Spirit they're they're one, right? The sword of the Spirit Ephesians you know six, I, I forgot like I think it's like eleven through seventeen or something like that. But it's like this the end of Ephesians chapter six, and it's it's talking about the armor of God. God is Paul is, and uh, Paul is writing about it, and he's like the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the word living in you, then it's not going to cut. It's not going to remove the flesh. It's not going to show you how to live. Like you, if you don't know the Bible, you cannot live biblically. I would also, I want to add this too. So like, I remember one time um, wanting to look at the fruits of the spirit and like, you know, in the Bible, it's Galatians, Galatians 5, 5. Uh-huh. That one I do know. And so it lists... Love, um, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, faithfulness and self-control. So I was looking, I, I, but I was reading through them, and you know, yeah. and um, I was reading through each one. And then after I read through them, because we focus so much on those, and not that they're wrong, because those are fruits of the Spirit. Those are ways that we know that we have the Spirit of God operating on the inside of us. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think it's underneath that it talks about the works of the flesh before then yeah like or I want to say verses like 16 17 somewhere around okay. there that I one should, I should have my bible but when I was reading about the works of the flesh I remember having this mo- huge moment of realization that way more than I operated in the fruits of the spirit I found the works of the flesh to be real in my life yeah and that was a moment for me that I was like, okay, I have, I'm not abiding in him. I'm not, you know, at that time, I don't think I was reading faithfully. You know, I wasn't spending a lot of time with him. But it was this realization of like, man, like I'm more fleshly than I am walking in the spirit. And that hit really, you know, because yeah. as a Christian. If you don't read your Bible, you never see that. Yeah. But like as a yeah. Christian, I should be all of these other things. But I and that season of my life I wasn't seeing them and that was a reality check for me like as a Christian I'm not acting very Christ-like you're not living biblically I'm not living biblically and it's you're spiritual you pray you pray in tongues <laughs> yeah but you pray you you listen to you listen to worship music but, which even that in itself is biblical but there but, should be an evidence you should the way I respond should mm-hmm. tell you you know no for sure and I think, you know, <clears throat> going back to it, the quote from Dan Moeller, and got like, this is why I will drill it in, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Because if you want Christ to show up when you're squeezed and to respond biblically, you have to read the Bible. You have to put it in yeah, you like, know, so that what, it comes out. Yeah, because it's not just, I'm a nice guy, so I'll be nice when I'm squeezed. Yeah. That doesn't work. No. I'm a nice guy until you do something I don't like. Yeah. Like reality. Well, just like, okay, so 
when you are watching, like, let's say that you're watching a bunch of movies and stuff with a bunch of language, or you're working with well, a bunch of people with a bunch of language, yeah, Sam what's going to come out? You would know who I would talk to, because I yep. would start talking a certain way. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah, but you've been talking to so-and-so, haven't you? I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah, I don't like that. But I could tell because his <laughs> language changed. Yeah. What was going inside of his ear, what he was hearing often was coming out of him. Yep. Just casually. And it's the same with the, you know, our our lives again. Like what we are surrounding ourselves with, if we're putting the word in us, it's going to come out. And I think in that particular moment when we were squeezed by someone's hatred, and you know, yeah. and, I, and I don't even hate, I don't even like giving credit to the people because our battle is against flesh or blood, right? Or spirits, principalities of darkness. Like our our battles are spiritual. I mean, that's the Bible, yeah. right? And so, but like my heart was grieved because this person was being taken advantage of by Mm -hmm. these demonic spirits. Yeah. But you responded the way you did, I think, because you had been abiding in. Yeah, because I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. going to Bible college, I'm reading, I'm spending time in worship. Yeah. Actually, at that time, I don't think I was in school. You weren't. I was just working. No, you were. Was I in school? You were in school. We had taken a break because of some life stuff that happened. But you were in school, and we had just had uh, Bethany. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we had yeah. a newborn baby. I'm, I was finishing up, and then, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, it's funny. This kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Because, all right, now we kind of described, we're given, we have given examples mm-hmm. of what it kind of looks like to spiritually mature. Uh, some other things you can kind of throw in there is discerning good from evil, being able to not dress eat drink the milk of the word but to eat and digest the meat of the word and um just the fruit of the spirit right like anyways at the end of the day do you look more like christ yes do you walk and live like christ and and now now that we kind of have an an idea of what we mean when we talk about spiritual maturity why is it important right Mm -hmm. and for me as someone i didn't get saved until i was 18 in high school I had no desire to become a Christian. I at least fully sold out yeah. because every person that claimed they were a Christian were right there with me smoking weed, getting drunk, getting high, having sex, doing all of the things. They were still like, I remember I was in a, uh, on, on a theater trip and the one mm-hmm. guy who was like, the Christian guy mm-hmm. starts putting on porn on the hotel TV with me, him, and another guy in the room. And he's like, and out of us three, he was the one who was literally sitting there just staring at the TV. And this was the same guy who brought out Leviticus because the other guy was living a homosexual lifestyle mm-hmm. and starts telling him that he's an abomination to God. Oh my goodness. And that same night, he was watching pornography in front of both of us. Yeah, and I was repulsed as yeah. as as an agnostic. I'm like, bro, as like, you should have been. <laughs> like, like I'm not even a Christian technically at this time, and I'm just like, that is gross. What the heck is wrong with you? Like, you literally just bash this dude for being gay, and you're watching porn. Yeah, I'm like, you're a hypocrite. And it's like, eh, you all are. Who cares? Yeah, but if, you know, I was probably heterosexual porn he was watching so uh, it was funny as a christians <laughs> who bash uh, homosexuality harder watching homosexual pornography 
Uh, they don't have a. Anyways, that's a whole that's other discussion. That's another topic. Yeah, sorry if you have kids in the car. We love you though. <laughs> um. Anyways, back to the uh, the train station here, getting on the tracks. I didn't want anything to do with Christianity because I saw no difference. Yeah. And the life that people lived, and so the reality is, is I saw no mature Christians in my life. I mean, and like the ones who probably were somewhat mature, I just didn't, I wasn't around them enough. Or I thought they were so weird. I just didn't see, like, I, I wasn't even looking for the fruit. And I say that because as someone who has, I work in a, in the workplace. I work a customer service job. The past few jobs have been customer service. I was talking to Sammy. I said, you know what's crazy? If you think of like Christians who are like on fire for God and they are zealous and passionate, like the super spiritual Christians, Mm -hmm. when you think of someone who's spiritually mature, I think of like a fiery preacher, someone shouting passionately the word of God, someone who is bold and will go up to anyone and talk talk to them about the gospel. Mm -hmm. And I've done those things. Right. You have done those things Mm -hmm. boldly. And I have seen more people, are more doors open for people to come to Christ on gentleness and kindness Mm -hmm. than someone having a fiery sermon or message. And there's a scripture that says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Yeah. And I think... I mean, again, not that there's anything wrong with the fiery... No, you, we need that. We absolutely need that. We need people who are bold and passionate. But we need people who are gentle and kind and considerate and giving. Passion, because that's yeah. different. Like, it, it's attractive. Passion is not a sign of maturity. Yeah. Like, a, a, my four-year-old's pretty passionate. <laughs> she sure is. You, my two-year-old's passionate. Or almost two-year-old. You take something from her, she's going to let you know how passionate <laughs> she is about it. All right. Passion's not a sign of maturity. Screaming and yelling is not a sign of maturity. Do we need those things, that fiery preaching? Absolutely, we need those. Mm-hmm. Miracles, not a sign of maturity. The, the like, Think about it. The gifts of the Holy Spirit. Those aren't signs of maturity. Those are gifts from the Holy Spirit. The fruit... Is what shows maturity. How I, I love what Michael Culianos once said, and he said, "How do you like what what metric would you use to measure the maturity of a Christian? By how close and intimate they are with the Father, with yeah. God. How close they walk with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when you think about those who have literally have spent a lifetime walking with Jesus, or years, they're gentle, mm-hmm. they're kind." They are loving and patient. They are willing to long suffer. They are faithful. And uh, there's so much more. I did them out of order, so I lost track. But (laughs) anyways, I say that because I remember working customer service at the dollar counter. And I would get cussed out. And I would just smile through it all. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be a nervous wreck. Like when most people are freaking out, I'm just working hard and just loving people. Choosing to love them. In the midst of being yelled at and, and screamed at. And be nice to the guys behind the counter when you go do your rental car stuff, guys. They have no control over the three-hour wait time. Mm. Uh, don't don't be cheap and use kayak. Actually go and 
get the more expensive car. But anyways, the gentleness and kindness that I had towards others that, again, supernatural from the Holy Spirit, Mm because that wasn't in my own self, it won people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so when you show why do you need to be spiritually mature, because your light will lead people to Christ. Yeah. I mean, you've seen that when you worked at the bank. Mm -hmm. Sam brought more people to church than anyone I knew when she worked at a bank. And not that you just bring people to church is a sign of maturity, but you are just a light to people. Yeah. And even now, people still reach out to you for advice and help. Mm-hmm. And um, another thing is, is a lack of spiritual maturity is a lack of, in, of a devotional life with God. Mm. If you are not spending time with God, it shows. Because yep. you are not developing and maturing. Mm-hmm. And if you are maturing and you are showing the fruits of the Spirit... It's not because you're talented. It's not because you're gifted and anointed. It's because you have walked with him. Mm -hmm. You have dwelled in his presence. You live with the Lord. And that, you know, that's where maturity comes from. It's it's him walking with him, living with him. And don't get me wrong. There's, and I, when I say walking with him, it means when you have to bury your best friend or you got to bury someone, you walk with him in the midst of that pain. When you get cussed out and cussed out at and yelled at, you walk with him in the midst of that. When someone slanders you and drags your name through the mud and gossips about you, you smile and say, you know what? I think nothing but good things about you and I truly love you. Mm-hmm. And when people tell you that, hey, so-and-so has been talking behind your back, your response is, oh, well, I bet he wouldn't say it to my face. It is, you know what? That's too bad. I really like him. I really like her. Like, I think they're an amazing person. And you just go on about your day. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about shocking the the literal hell out of a room. Stand with a group of men and say, oh, I, well, I, don't, watch, I don't watch Game of Thrones. There's naked people on there. Yeah. <laughs> you want to talk about some, uh, some fun. Mm-hmm. Let people know, well, you do have a standard you live up to. Yeah. Yep. But anyways, guys, uh, we're going to talk more about this a little bit later as far as um, we talked about what spiritual maturity is, why it's somewhat important, why it's important. But more importantly, though, we're also going to get into the how. How do you develop? How do you grow spiritually? What are some things that you can do? But again, I just want to reiterate this. I don't like. I don't know if someone just needs to hear it again. If you're stubborn and you, or you've just zoned out, right? You have kids tugging on your shirt, going "Mommy, mommy," or mm-hmm. "Daddy, daddy," or. You just got through cussing someone out in the car, whatever. (laughs) Again, above anything else, it is spending time with Jesus. It is spending time in the presence of God, in prayer, in worship. It's sitting still and allowing him to work and transform your heart and mind. So much so that people won't even recognize who you are. I truly believe that there will be some of you within a a month or two of just spending time with God, there will be a radical transformation where people are shocked. You'll be like the man in the tombs, right? Remember he was filled with the demons? He, they, they bound this man up. They chained him up because he was so demonic. He was cutting himself in the tombs, and even then he'd break free. And it, Jesus set him free, right? I'm super cutting the story short, but the scripture says that he was in his right mind, and clothed. And clothed, because he was naked and doing this. And it says, and they were afraid. Yeah. The people were scared. 
and I there was a holy fear that took over that land. And when Jesus returns, there's actually a, a, like a an outpouring that takes place later on in Scripture. But the whole point though is, if there's anyone listening, and you kind of kind of that resonates, like you are the person who has been set to the side because you are causing trouble. You tend to have you know demons working in your life everyone treats you as the black sheep of the family and you're a little bit of you're a little bit cray cray that's cool i've been there too a little bit but you were the crazy one you were the black sheep you're the party animal you're the one that everyone wants to be around to have fun and get drunk but no one wants to be around when it's time to be serious when people want to do dirt you're the first person they call i truly believe god has a plan for you and if you've been asking god if you're real show yourself to me this is your moment, wherever you are, that God, will you would just show yourself real to them in such a very real way, where they can, they will just be transformed in a way that, I just pray they can even physically encounter your presence in such a way that they cannot deny it. The same way it happened to me, God, that you would physically fill their car, their room, or wherever they are with your presence. And they would be marked for the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, we love you guys. If you're that person I was talking to, enjoy the encounter and have fun. For everyone else, go wash your co- coffee cups. And you happen to be in the room with that guy, make sure to wash his cup for him. <laughs> we'll see you guys next next time. Yeah. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram by searching Gracefully Growing Together Podcast and feel free to send us a DM. Our email address is listed there in the bio as well. We look forward to connecting with you. If you have any specific topic you would like to hear regarding marriage and relationships, please let us know. Until then, remember, this journey of marriage is a beautiful one and we are meant to gracefully grow together.